Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Everybody and welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast, episode 51. My name is Marcel. I'm back in control. Uh, I got rid of almost everybody who was here last week for last week's episode. The only person who could stay is my man Richard. That's right. I can't be kicked out. I can't be stopped. No, the only reason you're here is that I may need you in the future for um, some co-op related video gaming activities. So Everyone yeah. else has been purged. Uh, most of the people that have been purged don't play video games in the first place. It's a salient point. Exactly, isn't it? So, uh, yes, I am back. I would uh, first, before we get started, Richard, I would like to make a small uh, public service announcement related to last week's episode. What? Um, contrary to what you claimed in last week's episode, I was at no point last week caught trying to repeatedly sneak into uh, Sam Lake's office. At no point last week did that happen. I'm, uh, so I'm getting conflicting reports on that. We did receive a call from their head of security, and it sounded pretty authentic. It sounded very authentic, yes. Like, the the, the very strong Finnish accents. Yeah, yeah, you can really like, hear... I, like, could, could have fooled me for a French person, but, like, it must have been Finnish, right? Yeah, it's Remedy. definitely Scandinavian. Absolutely, yes. Yes, that's... It, it, like, you know, it sounded so convincing that I myself, I looked around me, checked if I was in Finland, but it turns out I was not, actually, so guess that story was bullshit i think you should focus on paying our massive bill to todd howard uh, look, like uh, with rumors that skyrim is going to be once again available on next-gen consoles like i think like all of yes. us combined together have paid a lot of bills to todd howard already. yes i can't wait to play skyrim on next-gen consoles i mean look i i bought it on the switch i did my part how was it on the switch uh, cool. You know, uh, actually, like the performance, um, I, I feel like at times it was almost like better than on a 360 where I originally played it. Yeah. Um, there is just something honestly like inherently cool about like sitting uh, like on a balcony or garden somewhere, like you know, just like the thought of like, hey, I'm playing this this big ass RPG that a couple of years ago was like you know the pinnacle of of console or or PC scope and ambition. Uh, that there's just something very cool about it. Like and that's something that. Um, you know, with Switch, um, even if I don't play it nearly as much as a lot of other people do, or maybe not nearly as much as I should, um, that is something that, like, I sometimes I come back to the Switch where I think to myself, "Hey, man, I'm playing this on a, you know, on a on a portable thing wherever I want at an airport or whatever." That is pretty fucking cool. I'll give them that. I feel the exact same way when I'm playing Deadly Premonition. <sighs> Okay, anyways, um, so Richard, uh, what have you been, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we, we're going to tackle a, a couple of news topics today. What do we have on offer? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Master Chief returning and descending in glory, um, the Volver Direct, which happened last weekend. Um, we have two cases of Sony and Tencent competing to buy up 
stock or whole companies, the same companies. We're going to get to that in a second. And we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the latest that's happening in the beautiful world of PC storefronts and uh, shops. And, you know, like how, how, how actually it turns out subscriptions can be beneficial to people buying your game afterwards. Um, we should probably very briefly address the the uh, assassin-shaped uh, elephant in the room, which is that obviously there's a lot of uh, news in the uh, gaming media these days about Ubisoft. The Ubisoft Forward has happened last weekend. Uh, but due to the fact that some of us are currently, and hopefully by the time you hear this episode, are still uh, receiving regular paychecks from Ubisoft, uh, maybe we are not the best people to tackle those topics right Allegedly. now. Allegedly. Look, uh, I mean, it's, I'll tell you by the end of the month if I'm still getting a paycheck, fingers crossed. Yeah. Allegedly. But um, I will just say, of course, that um, I'm, I'm super hyped for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla, you're you're hyped for Valhalla. Okay, yeah. Then we'll get into that when we go over the forward. Yeah, um, Richard, what have you been playing? I mean, like I've I've been out last yeah. week. Um, I know for a fact, scientific fact, that your life, when I'm not here, when I'm not available, is like seventy three percent sadder. Mm-hmm. So how did you try to cheer yourself up with video games without me? I played Monster Hunter World. It feels like you've been playing that game for like the past two years. Uh, luckily, when you boot the game, it does have a lovely hour counter, and I've only been playing it for 280 hours. It's not too bad, honestly. Like, how, how long has it been out? Like, January 2018? Uh, 20, was it 2018? Yes, 2018. It's not too bad, is it? It's not. It's not too bad. Um, So I finished, I finished the Iceborne DLC. Um... Which fucking kudos, man! Like everything, dude. Those guys don't get enough credit for for their 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 games as a platform take work on that sort of thing. Because man, first off, that expansion, it, to the best of my memory, was as long as their initial campaign. Like it was just another fucking Monster Hunter campaign in there, uh, which is great because it's new a shitload of new monsters, a shitload of new uh, locations, and they added something to each of the weapons like each of the weapons did something new when iceborne came around which is a a pretty big deal um but but yeah like so so i i, I trucked through the the campaign um which takes me a while I, i'm pretty slow at that game because i like i like uh joining other people's hunts and helping them out uh instead of progressing my own damn campaign and uh since you only unlock um progress through your own campaign uh like most of that didn't, didn't help. Um, so yeah, I beat that. Which which now finally I am in the the uh, the golden lands, the 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 Valhalla of uh, of Monster Hunter. It's 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 end game area called the Guiding Lands. And once again, uh, as I as I do at every new stage in Monster Hunter, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. So, so a uh, quick question on yeah. what you just said. Yeah. So you say you you enjoy helping other people with their hunts. Yes. So my takeaway is that rather than play co-op games and help me, like your favorite person in the world, yeah. Except maybe for your wife, not sure. Yeah. Um, you you actually would rather help random fucking strangers kill monsters that were just minding their own business, being peaceful. Uh, random fucking strangers and pasty. That's almost worse. I know, I know. Vasti does not deserve to be helped in anything. 
but uh but you yeah no i mean if you and if you ever decide to uh to slap around a t-rex with me i'll help you out too um the, the co-op's fun and i don't have anybody that uh, i don't have a dedicated group to play uh monster hunter with me so helping out other people is kind of the way but uh but no i actually um uh the the, the end game is actually something that that's really really great it is it is kind of what i i um I would have expected from a game like that. Like, like I said, I think I think uh, Monster Hunter is for for a Japanese dev to be tackling games as a platform. Like I think I think a lot of their moves have been really really great, and uh, that's just another example of it. So um, for for those not familiar, including you, Marcel, Monster Hunter is super familiar. I played the beta for like an hour. You did play the beta for an hour. Um, it was embarrassing, but. Um, we uh you, you play through there is a there is a campaign in uh, in Monster Hunter which is pretty much just a series of increasingly difficult hunts with a little bit of story that that doesn't make I wouldn't dig too much into that story it's pretty much like man we love nature is that a big fucking animal let's beat the shit out of it so they do that for a while until they find a big animal that's fucking with nature and then they super beat the shit out of it and that is the storyline to both the normal game and the DLC um. So you're doing that. You have optional quests that kind of uh, also have you beating up or capturing monsters, um, and that 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 like builds up your, it builds up any of the, any of the numerous super deep systems that no one pays attention to until you you reach the kind of late game stuff. So there are a couple difficulty walls in Monster Hunter, and that's probably one of the one of the criticisms I'd I'd give them is like when when Iceborne came out, they they gave everybody a free set of of high rank, like master rank armor. So um, I'm still gonna glossary this stuff as I'm talking about it. Like when you first play Monster Hunter, there are ranks. There's like a low rank, then there's a high rank. It's the same monsters, they just get tougher. And then with the DLC, there's a master rank where they get really tough. Um, so they give you a a set of armor that will let you just essentially fucking breeze through the base game, right? Okay. Um, which does lead to a few people. Uh, not learning about armor crafting and what's important for builds, and that is that is the end game. The end game is is you know perfect build crafting is what you're going for, and uh, without learning that, you just hit these fucking difficulty walls like just a just a punch in the face. I mean, it's bad enough like I I, I kind of know what I'm doing, and I would still run into monsters that would just absolutely fuck me up and like really have to learn what you're doing wrong with your build or your preferred play style and 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 figure out how to how to do that better but um when you when you beat that when you beat the the, the final boss of uh of monster hunter uh iceborne uh you open up a place called the guiding lands um so in in the regular game there are five very big maps uh, that all have different biomes kind of different monsters um and this is like a a smaller combination of all five of those maps so it's like one big map with with uh with all those biomes kind of mixed in and you just continuously run around without a time limit um, and without a specific target. And you're trying to uh, kind of fast, it's, it's a little more fast paced. Like, so you're not just going there, hunting one monster, going back, redoing all your stuff and then going out on the next hunt. Like there are multiple monsters and you're kind of going around and picking your, your shots and like doing uh, targets of opportunity and all that stuff to get rare crafting materials to continue to make the numbers go up on your build. So it's been immensely satisfying um watching some of the stuff that gets unlocked there like uh that is where 
um, a ton of transmog options open up, a ton of cosmetic options open up. Um, it's where the the real fuck you monsters are hanging out. Like um, doing their stuff will kind of guide you towards the monsters that that have come out in their numerous numerous free updates. Um, I am about to fight a very very angry monkey person. Is it the same monkey from Sekiro? Uh, it is not the headless ape. It has a head. Um, I, I after I fight this, I want to see which one's meaner because this one's hilarious. It's Rajang, uh, and he's hilarious because uh, when he gets pissed at you, he just picks you up and fucking runs off with you and throws you very far, um, which no other monsters do. So that was that was definitely a surprise for me as I like to use a shield. And he was like, "Fuck you!" and then he just tossed me. Did you know that in Assassin's Creed Valhalla you can use two shields? Uh, I noticed that, um, but you know it's a bit of a ripoff from Dark Souls, so that happens. Doesn't that make you like double Captain America? It doesn't. It makes you a meme build. Uh, using using one of the one of the funnier uh, Dark Souls troll videos is just people that uh, it was like a group of invaders that used uh, that that all used the shields, the the two shields which were doors. Um, and they would just kind of like lock people in the corner of a map. Do you know who the people like the really trolled people in Dark Souls are? Who's that? People who spend money in those games. Oh, snap. There's better trolls than that. The the people that hang out in the swamp area as Shrek, Donkey, and Puss in Boots are monsters. No, it was like, I think like you, you shared over, over time, like you shared a lot of Dark Souls stuff with me, some of which I understood. Mm-hmm. But I think my, the favorite thing you ever showed me was like the, the fashion advice invader. <laughs> that was like with the emotes, like, yeah, I like your outfit now, and he jumped off. Like, that was well. Yeah, and like, if he doesn't I, like your I, outfit. I, I, it, it, like it makes no sense to me why people would like what feels to me like wasted time doing this, but like just watching that video of the guy coming in and judging your outfit and giving you outfit tips was like okay, that is yeah you know, at least that's like a very unique way of of not playing the game feels like so that was that was like I think my, my favorite out of everything you showed me from from the from those games. That is true, and it, that those interactions are much better than the typical um, random encounters that you get in Monster Hunter. Um... So I was I was wondering like well, you you just mentioned something about like a you know building a a super super amazing armor like you know, that allows you to ignore a ton of stuff like how how does that figure into into matchmaking like can you play with everybody or is it like based on your your hunter rank or like your gear or how how does the matchmaking there work like, it, it is with the stuff? yeah it, it is it is based on your hunter rank um you can always go lower um but you can uh you can't go higher so like um your your you have a regular rank and a master rank they've complicated that kind of unnecessarily but um there are certain monsters that you have to beat that will unlock the caps in your in your uh in your rank and once you beat them you can kind of get with more and more people but yeah like there are there there are a shitload of options like everything else in that game like it, it's it, there's a lot of menus and and craziness but there is like if you're really discerning about who you want to play with, there is like a thing where um, normally, normally you say, Hey, all right, my, my, uh, my, my session's open, come join. Um, And uh, they can come join and do hunts with you, or they can join you during a hunt. But uh, there's also an option to be like, all right, uh, yeah, it's open, but I want to look at this person's gear to make sure that they're not doing something stupid. So like a lot of the times um, people are barring for gear. It's like, okay, this monster uh, poisons the shit out of everyone. So really, it's not hard. Bring poison resistance. And like a ton of people don't. 
So is this, just... is this a sub-tweet about a certain Witcher boss? No, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, th- I can see why this game's already impossible for you, because uh, there's some people that punish, uh, that punish. There are no giant frogs though, so you should be mostly okay. Um, mostly. Mostly, uh, but yeah, so so um, so like yeah, it's 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 up to uh, up to four player co-op and like, but but everybody shares lives. Like there are three lives typically for a hunt, so if somebody comes in unprepared, they're gonna die and end your mission, and you're not gonna get any of the cool stuff. So uh, I can see why people want to be a little more discerning. And I, I imagine by now in the game's life cycle, like a lot of people have gone on to, you know, find their online group of friends or got on a Discord or done their thing to to uh, find people. But I, I still, I joined a um, a group of what I would appear to be Chinese players last night, um, which went fine. Uh, we, we walked around and just, I, I took my uh, giant guitar and hit everything in the head with it. And then played rockin' rockin' grooves in between. That's something. There's nothing more satisfying than hitting a T-Rex in the face with a giant guitar and then shredding while it's like, ow, my face. So what's going to be next for you on the playing from the <sighs> Ghost of Tsushima, I assume? Or? Yeah, Tsushima is probably... That that's definitely uh, one that is in my sights. I do want to uh, keep on trekking with Yakuza, because um, I'd like to get through three. Like it's the it's the oldest one in the group by now, um, in terms of how much remastering and touch-ups have been done to it. So it's it's a little roughish. So I might I might just try to punch my way through that, and then I think I, th- I can't think of anything else that's coming out this year that's that's really worth it. Can't think. Yeah. Is there anything else this year? No, probably not. Um, yeah. So, so definitely, I, I'm definitely looking forward to Tsushima. Um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for, for. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit weebish. You know that. I got, I got a, I got a touch of the weeb in me. On a full moon, I'm like a weeb werewolf. And well, then, you know, like when, when I listened to last week's episode that you guys recorded without me, and I heard Africa. Um, yeah. Express her hopes that we have more weep content. Like you know, there was a shutter running down the spine. It's like <laughs> it's got to happen. The fans have spoken. So um, practice, uh, practice saying Naruto things. I guess you start. I never seen Naruto. I, I I would not know a single thing that anybody Naruto says. I don't know a single Naruto character besides I guess Naruto. He's not a character. Wait, what's the ninjas? Like, what's the blonde ah, kid's I'm name? I'm just kidding. It's Naruto. Um, I was like, what the fuck? Is this like a, a Link and Zelda thing? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, and also the uh, the uh, Neo Two DLC on the 27th. So I'm I'm double I'm double dipping for Japanese sword things. Glorious oh, that, that's Nippon like steel. Like a Richard thing. Yeah, both of those both of those are out of my alley. So that reminds me, I got to finish my pre-order of Tsushima. Yeah, so, so I, I, can... I got mine. I got mine in, so should hopefully arrive uh, on release day at the latest. That means you're going to get one technique point and a charm of Hachiman's favor. I don't know what you just said. Uh oh, I was just looking at the uh, pre-order bonuses. Hey, so uh, let us <laughs> move on, shall we? Yeah, yeah. What have you been playing? Uh, well, regrettably, not not nearly as much as I like to play, seeing uh, how uh, I seeing was... Seeing as you've been incarcerated. Yes, seeing how I was incarcerated in Finland, which some may call having been in vacation somewhere mm-hmm. that is not Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm still playing like the usual suspects. I'm still, I finished um, the remaster of Command Conquer Red Alert. I've now started the campaign for Command Conquer One remaster on the GDI side first, so I can, uh, like, you know, saving the best, which is Kane for last. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still uh, grinding my way through Valorant and the uh, very volatile ranking system that game has. Tell me about this because I don't know anything about it. Uh, you know, uh, it it feels like this game is a lot more. Um, what's the English word? Malleable. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like it feels like usually every every second games or so like. Uh, you will go up and down in rank, uh, whereas in, in something like, you know, for example, like in League of Legends, um, you have you have you know silver one, two, three, four, five. Then afterwards is gold. Yeah. For each one of these, there's like a hundred points, and then like you, you know, there's like a a series where you have to like a promotion series and stuff like that. So like you always have a very good understanding of where you are, like how close are you to being promoted to next like the next higher tier or. Oh, okay. How danger close are you to being relegated to something lower? And a Valorant, like there is, it's it's just like uh, stuff constantly happens. Like you constantly seem to go up and down, at least for me right now. And sometimes it's kind of hard to understand. Like yesterday we were playing, um, uh, we, we lost the game. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours was two ranks higher than my brother, and he didn't lose any points for that game. Whereas my brother, who who was two two ranks lower. And who had better stats than a friend? Like he lost rank points, and none of us, none of us understood, right? Because normally it's like you know, if you lose the game, yeah. um, the, the higher tiered people are more likely to get punished, right? Because they're like, for it's it's you know, you perform under your rank, okay. And and you also had worse stats, but like he didn't lose any points. Like sometimes it's still a bit weird or like hard to understand exactly what is happening with the ranking system. Um, Whereas with you know something like like Overwatch or or League of Legends, uh, it's it's much easier to keep track of stuff. Uh, the only thing that I really like about Valorant's uh, ranking system is that, uh, for example, me in that game, so as I said, we lost the game, mm-hmm. but my personal performance was good enough that I didn't lose any rank points. That's kind of so that that, that's that kind of good in a team nice game though. because of course that is something that is that can be super frustrating in in Overwatch. So right. like you can you can have a good game, but you have like a leave or whatever, and then you're gonna lose rank points for none you know something that has no no fault of your own. Whereas in Valorant it's this thing of like okay the team lost the game, but you personally you played very well. Um, you're not gonna lose anything. So that's that's know, nice. You know what the most brutal one I've seen was because I don't play a ton of of ranked things. Tell me about it. The the yeah. The, the the worst one I I think I've seen is Street Fighter. In what sense? Like like you you constantly go up and down or? No, in the sense that like. Oh, it, like 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 weirdness that that where like it's not none of your fault, but you still get punished. No, not even that. Like the weird thing to me was like on the match summary screen, it shows what happens to both players' ranks. So like there became this like. There a sick fetish emerged for like deranking players because you you'd see it happen. So it was just like oh, I just I just personally punt kicked you down to bronze. Oh well, yeah no no as I like really the, the, with Valorant like maybe it's a thing I know it's just gonna like take a little bit to solidify the ranks. Yeah. So obviously it's still fairly new. There's a lot of new players coming, so things are constantly in flux, especially at the lower tiers. I assume. But um, yeah, right but now it's it's kind of hard sometimes really to understand what is happening in terms of like why am I losing points or why is the other guy on my team not losing points? It's definitely um, cool though that that like the 
the idea that that um you you cannot you're not always hamstrung by your team. Like you could perform True. well enough to to be like, all right, you guys are getting fucked, but I'm not. Like that's kind of nice. Um, do you have to pay a hundred dollars to unlock the ranking system, or is that just? No, you just have to play twenty games to unlock uh, oh, the, rank, okay. the okay. competitive playlist. What what do you have to pay a hundred dollars for? Well, I would have to assume that you are alluding to the somewhat controversial Elder Flame cosmetic set, yeah. which is a bunch of like really high-end weapon skins that is coming in at a high-end premium price of like ninety-five dollars for the entire for, for pack. everything though. Yeah, right. Like yes, realistically, I mean, like that that that's that's pretty like uh, headline reactionary. Um, because like I I don't know anybody who would buy every single skin for every single thing. See, like that is <laughs> so. So here's a funny thing, right? Like as you know, I am not not completely entirely opposed to the thought of spending money on cosmetic items in video games. Some would say you defend it to the points of absurdity. Well, you know, it's my it's my God-given right to spend my money on whatever weird shit I want to. Don't tread on Marcel. Exactly. Like, you know, the, these these 300 LOL skins will coil up in the night. So um, so like the like the the weird thing for me is in Valorant right now. So I bought the uh, the season pass because I you know I tend to think that um, it's it's you know, for somebody who frequently plays games like this, it's a good value for what you get. Um, and I'm I would be I would be very happy you know to to spend some money on some weapon skins. Yeah. Um, but so far, like all the cool skins are almost entirely for the weapons I do not use, which, you know, it's, it's a specific weirdness game. So, I mean, uh, you know, as I said, like it's the, the weapons lineup is very close to, to, um, Counter-Strike Go. Yeah. So like the, the things that seem to get all the skin love are the operator, which is the, uh, Arctic weapons, uh, Magnum in, in, so like you know, the big, the big boss sniper rifle. Mm -hmm. Um, don't use it, terrible with it, no point in me spending money on that, right? And the other thing that almost everybody seems to use, except for myself, at least among my friends, is the Vandal, which is the which is the Valorant's version of the AK-47. Um, again, like, getting lots of cool skins, I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't use that weapons, like, why the fuck would I spend money on that? So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, as I said, like, I'm, I'm willing to spend money, because I, I play the game a lot, it's obviously free-to-play, I'm totally fine with supporting uh, free-to-play games and developers if I enjoy the game, but, like, um, Right now, it's always a thing of like, hey, I could spend money on something that I don't use. Or like the few times there are skins for the weapons I actually do use, uh, like, you know, like the Guardian or so. It's like, these skins are not that exciting. So, yeah, so far, no oh. e extremely overpriced, but extreme, extremely awesome uh, fire spewing dragon weapon skin for Marcel. What do you think is the most you've spent on a single cosmetic item? Because like this is a 20, 25 bucks per skin, right? Uh, it depends. Like they have different tiers of. I mean, of, I'm talking um, for like the moving. It's it's a living dragon, like the premium shit. I think it's 25. I don't know actually, but yeah, I think I probably should be around 25. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying. I was like thinking of like you know I I'm sure I've spent uh dumb money on something cosmetic, but I'm trying to think of the most. It, it had to be like a Heroes of the Storm skin. I think I probably bought for like 10 bucks maybe. Um, eight, eight bucks. I mean, like, I shouldn't say this because I know, like, uh, people, and by people, I mean you will mercilessly mock me for this for the, for the rest of my life. Of course. 
I believe the most I have spent on a cosmetic item was 18 euros. Okay, okay. Yeah, it depends on how you do the conversion because it was in Riot Box. It was the uh, uh, Pulsefire Ezreal skin in League of Legends, which oh, is Google. a... It, essentially, you know, like it's it's like my favorite character, and it's a skin that like... Uh, it constantly evolves as you level up in the game. Like the, the higher level you earn, like the more stuff is added to the armor. Okay. So it becomes like this this Mega Man esque exosuit or whatever. And like all the animations, all the skin effects uh, have have been uh, re changed from from the basic thing. So like it it's something obviously a lot of effort was put in. I mean, like the thing is, of course, that people also sometimes keep forgetting is that um, by design, content, cosmetic content in a a free-to-play game has to be overpriced for what it is because you know, like it just doesn't have to pay for the skin. It also has to pay for the entire development and running the service of that game, you know, because that's where all the money comes from, obviously. So that that's something where I sometimes see people confused, like how could this cost so much? And I think to myself, well, it does. That thing, of course, doesn't cost that much to make, but it also has to pay yeah. for like the entire game around it somehow. So I mean, the the outrage and, over and, that and stuff. Of is... course, as we know, like it's it's just like a small percentage of people that spend money. So like if you combine those two factors. Uh, that is why that stuff has to be a lot more expensive than just the cost of creating that stuff, uh, because you know it has to pay for everything else. So yeah, I think that is uh, Pulsify Ezreal. I believe, off the top of my head, is the most I have spent on anything cosmetic in a video game. Yeah, I mean, but that's almost a more easy to understand argument. I mean, at least they're not like, like triple triple dipping, like uh, like some you know, like like cosmetic items being expensive in a free to play game are, are a little more. Uh, understandable than they would be in say like anthem or destiny something like that you know and even then even then i don't, I don't see the point of getting outraged I, I just think like you need to you need to have your personal like setting boundaries for that stuff is really healthy like i don't want to spend more than this for for this sort of thing or i don't want to you know do that and then just fucking rock on man like i get like i i totally get how like that can affect your your willingness to play a game but the idea of to be know. honest, like for me, like it, it doesn't really even like. Uh, I, I think like really the, the most yeah, we, important thing is like that, yeah. that everybody just you know like you you have to decide for yourself what your yeah. money like, what you know what's important to you. Sure. I mean, I've I, you know, I've I've had arguments with people telling me that it's ridiculous to spend money on this shit that are and no offense to anybody smokers where I think to myself, <laughs> dude, like how much money are you <laughs> yeah, fucking right, spending yeah. like for something that's actively hurting you? Sure. Um, Oh yeah, and uh, you know, on the other hand, I've I've spent like two hundred bucks on on action figures as an adult. So you know, it's like I feel like it's, as long as you can afford it and uh, it doesn't hurt anybody, you know, just spend money on whatever. Yeah, different uh, whatever. Different folks. I mean, works I... for you, of course. If it's weep shit, I will judge you harshly. What? And I will like look at you very suspiciously. But that is uh... as of right now, like the full extent of what I can do until I get you know be in charge of any country, which as of July twenty twenty is still not. Not not remotely close to happening. Uh, League is kind of weeb. We've had this discussion before, so let's move on, maybe. Yeah. Come so on. yeah, that is that is what I'm playing. So uh, shall we get to you know like but transitioning naturally because that is something I, ha I had I couldn't help but notice like last week in the episode that you did without me, the segways were a bit lacking. What well, my like, segways was, were amazing. Fairly clear that like the. The master, the master chief of segways was not present for the recording of that episode, and I think people noticed. Do you have any segways that? I'm people. Do you have any segways that don't allude to you being really good at segways? Uh, 
Sure. So we just talked about stuff yeah. that I've played in the past. And <laughs> uh, now let's talk about stuff I will play towards the end of this year, shall we? Oh, okay. Yeah, go. So um, the thing that we've all, uh, like, you know, that uh, some of us have been waiting for, uh, for a long time to be officially announced is the uh, Xbox first party game showcase. Um, obviously, as we all know, the first look that Microsoft gave people at games running on Xbox Series X and the next gen uh, was in May with the mixedly received uh, Inside Xbox episode um, that was, for whatever weird reason, lacking any kind of first party um, content. And they always said like they're going to deliver that in July. Yeah. And as of last week, we know when that's going to be the case. That's going to be on July 23rd uh, towards the European evening. Uh, so we will finally all get to see um, what Microsoft and all their studio acquisitions have been up to. Uh, I, of course, hope it's going to be great. I mean, we know that we're going to be seeing uh, finally, after a long time, uh, Halo Infinite. Everwild should be there. If rumors are accurate, maybe Fable or the new triple uh, a action rpg or sorry action game from uh the uh, what's it called the initiative mm -hmm. uh hopefully and that would be very cool of course a new rpg allegedly from uh, obsidian which is always something to be excited about so yeah we we're going to see that um next week and i assume that so you know the the week afterwards probably we're going to do a podcast episode about that absolutely console wars must be the fires must remain stoked Feed the I would flames. actually be I would actually be very excited if we could do that episode without Busty, so I can be the the designated uh, Xbox and Halo fan because you know like it's gonna be really painful for me like now that you forced the role of the of the Sony fanboy on me to talk about to talk negatively about Master Chief because you know that's still my boy. I mean, do you understand that Sega is releasing a mini Japanese arcade cabinet, and therefore yeah, I've seen that yes, and therefore the console wars are over. I don't know what games are on there. I just saw it somewhere. And it, well, like, no. after I uh, after after I wait a little bit and it just gets turned into a a massive emulator like every other fucking mini console, all of them. Fair point. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is like that. That's really just that. Like we're going to be talking a lot more about all of this stuff and of course all about the expected, prophesized, promised by the prophecies. Uh, I cannot wait. Halo Infinite Goodness in two weeks. I, I cannot um, wait to dunk on Fable. It's going to be great, dude. It's going like, to suck. Guys, this game's fucking suck. Why? Fable sucks. Dude, like, have you seen this game? These the games these people make? They're fucking amazing. What are the games these people make? Forza Horizon. But As a... Okay. How's that translate to farting dogs? Oh, it's probably going to be amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just letting you know. I'm letting, I'm drawing a line in the sand for where I stand on Fable and how it's bunk. Fable Fable 1's been great. Fable 2 has been fantastic. Fable 3 has been a disappointment to me personally. The, the spin-off games have largely been weird, mm -hmm. and I don't know why they did them the way they did them. But, uh, you know, uh, Playground Games have so far done three games which have ranged from very good to absolutely outstanding. So, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Playground's great, and I want every game to be good. Uh, the fact that I have played two Fable games is a testament to me on how much more I respect my time and myself these days because those games fucking suck. One of the worst things you've ever said. Deep. And there's a long fucking running list of stupid shit Deep you've said. Cuts. Why don't you why don't you why don't you why don't you just scream chicken chaser at me for seventeen fucking minutes? 
All right, Chicken Chaser. Chicken Chaser. So why don't you give us the lowdown on Devolver Direct? Because I didn't watch that shit. You should watch that shit. Because I, I've I thought... never, I've, I can proudly say I've never in my life watched one of their uh, Devolver shows, conference things, whatever you want to call it. To me, you've always come across as a sane voice in the world of why marketing is not, you know, the devil. So I figured the people that are kind of top in class at doing that would be interesting to you. But it's probably just because you're not really big on a lot of the games, right? I don't think I could, off the top of my hat, remember a Devolver game I've ever played. There there are some really good ones. Uh, well, um, did you, I, uh, I thought you would have tried New Shadow Warrior. I own New Shadow Warrior yeah. somehow. I don't know how I got it from where and what and why, but yeah. I, I own it on Steam. I haven't played it yet. Um, the only one that I'm tentatively excited about or looking forward to is what is it called? Blight something? The new from from Ronimo Games. Mm-hmm. That's going into early access later this month that they showed this year. That that kind of looks cool. Like the art style is great. Um. Yeah. 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 That. Well, there, there's there's definitely um. There's definitely some 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 interesting stuff. Uh. In in terms of outside the games i mean because like i think that's where we can kind of come together like um like so so the 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 kind of comparison i i think uh makes the most sense for devolver is that they're they're pretty much like a record label right if if that makes sense to you like they're taking yeah sure yeah yeah they're kind of they're kind of signing these indie bands and they, they make sure that they maintain their 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 brand of like making sure that this game is a devolver game you know it's quirky and weird and maybe a little edgy but uh but that's the thing and then um and then they promote the shit out of it you know so like when you're seeing the devolver directs it's it's these it's what that publisher does you know it's 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 kind of top of the class indie marketing you know to the point where people don't even think this shit is that indie anymore um, so yeah, this is the third third year. The the second uh, it's it's the th- it's the third year I think they've been doing videos like this. I think so. Yeah, and it's the it's it's the uh, the third one where if I if I'm correct and I, I usually am uh, where there's been a continuing storyline for their their uh, marketing show. Uh, where the what, what's the, what's the lady's name? Nina Strutters. Yeah. Yeah. Nina Struthers and uh, and uh, the 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 other yeah Nina Struthers is there and the the other, I forget her name the 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 evil marketing lady who it's 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 interesting it's pretty tongue in cheek because you know they they know they're doing marketing but the whole the whole theme is like you know marketing is fucking dumb and you know we're just here to give you the games you know even though it's it, you know they're they're kind of drooping the eye at that point like winking at the camera but. Um, but it's 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 interesting. It's usually a, a just a batshit kind of who gets away with doing this sort of thing. I mean, like personally making videos like this is the kind of thing I would have really loved to work on because they're just they're, I I think it's it's pretty funny um, and it's 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 memorable and something to get like small names out there in in a world where you you don't maybe have the kind of budget that a a bigger house would have. You know, you're not putting up signs um, and you're you're getting your games kind of talked about like they know their audience they know what they're going for so like to me i thought that was that was pretty that was pretty cool they're they're definitely entertaining to watch if you're into that sort of thing i think the writing is really great the the acting is is really really fun um 
almost to a place where it, it takes a weird backseat to the game sometimes, or like it it, it puts the games the in the games backseat. Yeah, back yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is which is 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 kind of so. Last year they did uh, what was it like the the riff on God Galaxy where it was like the like the backlog the, simulator the launcher, thing. launcher. Yeah, the launcher, launcher. They did that. Um, this year they did the like all of their trail. They described it themselves as a tour de force of brand awareness. Uh, they said, yeah, see, I don't like brand stuff and brand management. You wouldn't, people. yeah. They they did say they no, were going uh, to just you know just 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 let me put it this way. So, um, I I have huge respect. Like I think Devolver is doing what you just said. Like they they did a fantastic job. Like establishing themselves as a brand you know like i would call like you know like a, a boutique brand almost yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. a boutique mm-hmm. record label uh, it's just the fact that like everything like you know they they stand for like the names they do uh, sorry the games they do has zero appeal to me but like <laughs> you know just purely on a professional level right like i have huge respect like for you know the, the way as you said like they have a super strong brand identity mm-hmm. people love them for that you know uh, there are there are straight up people i've seen online who say it doesn't matter what the next game is going to be i will play the next game from devolver because you know i trust these guys and right. i know they always find something crazy and fun so you know, so again, like on a professional level, I have huge respect for everything they're doing because clearly they're super good at what they're doing. They're successful. Like they they have a very good hand at finding that next game that meets you know, like that that brand image and works for the fans. It's just like the you know it doesn't appeal to me as a sure. gamer personally at all. It's it's doubly interesting because like you look at like watching like Adult Swim try to do the same thing in games, and they were they were they were the the you know the people that did that for for kind of late night cartoons and animation, right? Like that's a whole new kind of defining what's that oh no no isn't it adults they might be there they're in they're in a bunch of shit they've they've done like pool panic and and uh i think headlander was theirs they've they've done a lot of uh a lot of uh neat neat stuff i can i can actually pull it up while i'm looking um did like samurai they're 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 doing the new samurai jack obviously that, that thing rick and morty which i know you're a huge fan of but uh but um, they've done a few things, but I'm no, I'm not seeing anything on bugs now. Yeah. Um. Let me say, I guess, so as I said, yeah, I, I don't care particularly about the games except yeah. for um, what is it called? Blight what? Blight Rue? Blight Born? What? what? What's the new game from Ronimo Games called? Are, are we talking about Devolver or Animal? Or, or uh, Devolver? Or Devolver. Blightbound. It's called. Blightbound. Blightbound is coming to Steam Early Access later this month, I believe. It's from Ronimo, the guys who made Awesome Knots and Swords and Soldiers 2. And I think that game looks really, really cool. Like the art style is is very cool. Like that's to to a point where like I'm not sure if I like the gameplay, but I think I would definitely be interested in trying that's the early access version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, yes. Purely based on the looks of it. It's it's weird. Um, because like I definitely get like a a uh, what was that like a Java style out of, out of some of it in motion but but yeah definitely an interesting art thing and i like the uh you know fucking castle crashers was great um i'm into that's not them was it no that wasn't them but like the the style of game i mean okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and also um what is it called uh, weird west from from wolf eye studios looks cool right yeah i, I those agree. are the that's that's what's his name uh rafael colantonio right what do you do he he's like one of the founders of arcane mm, so mm, um mm, you know like obviously the guys who did uh dark messiah and uh arcs fatalis and dishonored i think like after Dishonored two he left them 
and he found a new studio called Wolf Eye Studios, and now he's working on Weird West, which they call uh, both a action RPG, but also like an immersive sim. So that looks uh, quite interesting and unique. There was some cool stuff. There was there was uh, there was the um, what do you call it? Uh, Shadow uh, Shadow Warrior Three. Which which looks yeah. really great. It looks way more Doomish. Like their their new addition is like, hey, we're doing ex- execution moves, which you know, is that. But um, that that looked pretty cool. Carry on is something I've been waiting for for a while, where you're you're you know kind of playing as the bad alien in an alien movie. You know, very like a ball of tentacles, which didn't show. Yeah, up. Yeah, I could see why that would appeal yeah. to somebody like you with the tentacles. That, that definitely didn't show up in my browser history. Um, Fall Guys is, you know, for for somebody who I've dragged into playing, um, uh, gang beasts. yeah, enough gang beasts through. I figured maybe maybe I can get you going on that. Um, Sonic Foxes Furry Fighters Four, um, was announced. Not into that. Terrible. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, I I think the the thing of the show was kind of serious, Sam, which I'm not sure if you ever got into. Um, to be honest, that that's weird to me, because um, you know, I I hate to speak ill of other people's work. Yeah. I don't think that game looks very good. Yeah. Like if if you just compare, like Shadow Warrior looks like leaks better than than Serious Sam to me. I I think uh, I think they need to show off a little bit more. Like they've been touting the the whole um horde system thing they've got going on, which is kind of perfect for that sort of game. And like you can see it a little bit, but like. Like yeah, they they they're kind of cornering the market on shitload of dudes. Please shoot them all, you know. So you can see it a little bit in the trailer where it's just like you're fighting 60, 70 dudes that are just kind of going crazy. Which I, I do think kind of it looks kind of neat. Um, I I think for me personally, the novelty tends to wear off on those a little faster than I'd like. But uh, but yeah, all in all, it was it was a pretty cool cool show. And then and then at the end, um, they they uh, put all that stuff in a game on Steam to launch so that that was like really the the most fascinating aspect to me obviously as somebody who works in marketing the fact that they was it called devolver lands or devolver yeah. experience whatever it was called yeah the devolver land expo so yeah, like you essentially you can walk through a game on steam in 3d through the different booths and then you can you know you can go to the shadow warrior 3 booth and like that is actually constructed with some of the assets from shadow warrior so it's like a very meta as well <laughs> but obviously that is that is an amazing idea like that's uh that is something where you know like influencers will jump on on twitch they play that game so it's spread out more like again you know like kudos to to them like that is uh, that's essentially marketing genius they did real good as they said they're going to jam trailers into in your face until you bleed purchase intent well they may have to cram a bit more until i bleed purchase intent personally We'll get you in on. We'll get you in on one of these. One of these. Well, like those, those two, Blackbound and Weird West, do look like those are games that I will keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. That was cool. Um, I like I like what they did. Uh, and yeah, I I think you should you should uh watch them and just skip the trailers, I guess. Uh, but the, those those shows are are really really interesting. So moving so, on. Moving on. Uh, let's get to um, Sony and Tencent uh, taking turns spending a lot of money on companies. I so yeah. uh, I think it was the, fir- the first news that broke was that Sony uh, has bought a minority stake in Epic Games, mm-hmm. who you may be familiar with from like you know 
popular indie titles such as Fortnite, uh, Gears uh, of War, Save the Unreal. World. Yeah, Fortnite Save the World. That's yeah. that's released now. It's no longer yeah. in early access, by the way. Or beta. Shadow Complex. Sh- Dude, Shadow Complex is an amazing game. Shadow Complex, really good. That's like one of my favorite Xbox Live Arcade games. I have to say, it's a really good game. Um, I I think it invented the Metroidvania genre, as far as I know. Right, that's why and it's called that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shadow Complex, inventor of the Metroidvania genre. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know why it's called Metroidvania because neither of those words, I think, neither Met- Metroid or Vania is ever mentioned. Shadow Complex. So that's a bit weird. Thing about it. It is. It, it's it's got to be some kind of sci-fi thing they're going for. I, I loved what it did in that game, like with the with the alternative ending. Which one was that? Like, you just walk up to a guy in a Jeep, it's like, okay, well, I guess you don't save your girlfriend. Game over. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Don't I'm going to be the hero cry. today. It was not a very fun game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, Sony bought for $250 million to the tune of $250 million a minority stake in Epic Games. Um, How much of a minority stake? How much controlling interest? I believe I can't find the, the 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 thing right now the quote but I thought I believe it was as low as 1.5%. Wow. I uh, you know maybe maybe that's not why you you spend money and get in on Epic nowadays. Uh let's see where it is. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's a a nice tweet from uh Daniel Amat, uh, who better known as I actually never I, I have to ask Dan sometimes like how you actually pronounce it because I don't know it's like Zush X uh, huge I, I don't know you yeah, know I'm, you I'm not an it. expert you did that wrong and somehow it was offensive I guarantee you I'll I have to ask him um, uh, but you know like he he wrote about it so for those people who don't know him he is a um, a analyst senior analyst at Nico Partners. And he is, I believe, one of the foremost experts on the Chinese and Asian gaming market, at least here in the West. Yeah. So if you're interested in any of those topics, then you should definitely follow follow yeah. Daniel Ahmad on on Twitter. Give and him a he said, just to put this into perspective, when Tencent invested 330 million in Epic Games back in 2012, that got him a 40% stake with Epic valued at 825 million. Sony's 250 investment today gives them a 1.5% stake with Epic valued at $17 billion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, as you can yeah. see, uh, Epic's valuation in, in stock price uh, went up or, you know, in, in, in shares over eight years. Um, I, almost yeah. 20 times or something like that. It's almost like something happened in 2017 That that is a clear wall between investing in those companies. I wonder what that could be. Uh, Fortnite? It's probably Fortnite. Like, I mean, yeah, this is... You know, on the one hand, of course, yes, absolutely, it's Fortnite, but also, um, I think a lot of people maybe in, in games, in the games community, don't understand, like, how huge and prevalent uh, Unreal Engine 5 has become outside of games. True. Like, yeah. for example, it's huge in Hollywood. Like, you know, they talked a ton about, like, how how it was used in the making of uh, the Mandalorian TV series and like for those virtual 3D sets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it, what started as once as a humble shooter engine uh, for a shooter called Unreal has, you know, like really become a a world conquering uh, 3D engine outside I mean, of gaming. I think, right it's, I think it's pretty safe to, safe to say it's, it's if not, if not the, definitely one of the, the, the industry leaders in this sort of thing. Um, 
absolutely like uh, you know I, I think like any kind of like you know like also stuff like architecture previsualization everything i mean that's um, that's, that's kind of the thing like like you, you you we we've talked about this before you brought this up to me where it's like people outside of the games industry just generally don't take a a lot of interest or or time to get up on the knowledge of like game engines in general and why they're a big deal you know so it's like you're either you're either the kind of studio that invests in the talent to create its own engine for its own specific purposes, mm. you know, which is unrealistic a lot of times, um, a, a massive uh, investment and uh, and a lot of time, uh, or you know, you're, you're pretty much using, I mean, what do, what do you got? Unreal, maybe Unity. Uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, you should mention, uh, for the sake of it, CryEngine and uh, Lumberyard. I mean, yeah, we but yeah, realistically, it, but like, of yeah. course, it feels like these days. You know, I think at a certain like budget and ambition level, if you're going with a pre-existing licensed engine, then you know, Unreal is pretty much like the default solution you're going for. I mean, we should mention uh, in the same turn uh, RPG Maker. Um, I, I can, I think, I can with good conscience say I've never played a game made it with that. <laughs> no, I haven't. No. Uh, but yeah, like like it's there's not there's not a ton of choices if you're if you're uh, not a ton there, there's not a ton of choices if you're um, not gonna make your own proprietary engine. So, like yeah, like Unreal is 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 huge and uh, and the game side of it, I, you know, now they got they got a storefront which they are just um, they they continue to uh, to give me free games. I, I, yeah, they give me free games and security alerts, which is a lot of fun. Um, so that's been that's been really great. But yeah, you know, like Epic is, Epic is is giving it a run for the money. Like they are they are I would say a, a alternative storefront at this point. Um, even if they're still somehow fucking missing a bunch of shit, but that is what it is. Um, but I mean, like, how how. How predictable do you think this was? Uh, what, what what was sir? Like epics, just I mean, we all know that 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 Fortnite was a little maybe fluky, at least to the extent of popularity it hit. But I mean, they've been making moves for for a long time. I uh, I think I think this speaks more to like Tencent just being ever present and having have, you know Tencent does a lot of investment. Um, so it's weird. yeah, I mean like Tencent, it, it's actually rare, but we're gonna get to that second. Like it's yeah. rare for Tencent to flat out like full, fully buy a company. Like they just yeah. buy like a ton of minority sh- sh- stakes in different companies uh, that they see potential. And obviously, you know, like Tencent has has uh, all the money in the world to do that. Yeah. But like if you look at like the kind of companies Tencent invests in, um, you see like usually they have a pretty good hand at yeah. uh, identifying you know what what's gonna be what's what's gonna become big or popular. Right. And I mean, if you look here, like at the quotes from the press release announcing the Sony thing, um, then Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said, "There's no better example of this than the revolutionary entertainment experience Fortnite." Or Tim Sweeney, of course, saying that both companies share a vision of real-time 3D social experiences, which I read personally as like, "Holy shit, have you seen that Travis Scott concert?" <laughs> um, which I think, like, really, that I think that was like something that blew people's minds away like i've i've seen you know political analysts in the in the us saying that you know joe biden to really kickstart his campaign into overdrive should try to do something like the travis scott thing you're like just to see that to see political analysts you know reference a a rap concert inside a video game 
Yeah. You know, it's it's just like crazy, like the, the level of hey, cultural it, it, awareness this has reached. It was a hell of a fucking event. Like I'm I'm notoriously a little anti Fortnite, not not just to be the edgy kid in the room, but uh um and even even I was like, Well, you know, fuck man. Like they they they, they, they put it they put it down when it comes to that stuff. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, you're at the point now, right? Like you know where, where like a, a new trailer for Star Wars is is debuted. Fuck, in, man! In how about how about like yeah. scenes? Uh, I, somebody, was it somebody, Tenet? Huh? It wasn't just Tenet. Yeah, that that too. Um, somebody was uh discussing uh, every once in a while. Some of my my passionate Star Wars discussing friends will throw a weird Star Wars thing past my timeline, where like they were talking about like how like. Emperor Palpatine's motivations for a certain thing and how he fucking right, spelled yeah. it out. And they were like, well, where the fuck did they explain that? It wasn't in the movies. It's like, yeah, they, he did it in Fortnite. Yeah, like, it's definitely, you know, it's, I think, like, Fortnite is really the, uh, is is the thing that, like, a ton of companies, uh, entertainment companies are going to aspire to, like, really the idea of becoming a platform that, you know, it's not just a game, like, it's a platform where people are hosting concerts and you know, trailer reveals and whatever stuff. Uh, I think obviously you know that's going to be a wet dream for a lot of like entertainment CEOs going forward. Um, so yeah, I, and yeah. as we said, like yeah. you know, uh, Tencent is really good at identifying you know like companies that have this kind of potential, as you can see from the fact that like they bought like a 30% stake in in Epic eight years ago, and now they are looking to buy somebody else. Um, because over the last two weeks or so, there started to be some rumors that Sony uh, was interested in acquiring Layu. Yeah. Um, for you know, uh, maybe Leiu, you know, is not quite the household name even among gaming Absolutely enthusiasts not. yet. Yeah. So it's a Hong Kong-based uh, video game holding company uh, that has a couple notable subsidiaries. Uh, one of them being Splash Damage. Uh, you know, creators of games like Gears Tactics. They worked on uh, some some previous Gears of War games. They did um, Quake Wars, Enemy ter- Territory for Wolfenstein. And also, uh, they essentially, uh, Lei Yu owns Basti's ass. <laughs> because uh, Lei Yu is the owner of Digital Extremes, maker of uh, Warframe. Oh, no. So, yeah, you know, they, they, um, they have, some, have some notable studios. They also have a 20% share, uh, sorry, 20% stake in certain affinity. And I believe they have the option to buy out the company starting from next year. Man. Um, so... Yeah, there's definitely some interesting studios there, you know, w- with regards to free-to-play and shooters. And yeah, there were rumors that Sony was interested in acquiring Layu. And then uh, last Friday, uh, there was a uh, news release from them that they're they've been asked to stop trading on the uh, Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And then later that morning, they announced that they've had uh, have entered into an exclusive agreement for a couple of months to only talk about a buyout with Tencent. So Man. here again, Tencent stepping in, um, looking for a you know an interesting company. I also should mention that Leiu is working on a um, AAA MMORPG based on Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series, the, which the, of course the, is going to be quite yeah. ambitious. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's fucking got to be at this point. You, if if anybody's stepping into the MMO arena, they got to be taking it fucking seriously or marketing directly to Asia. Probably both. Probably both. Well, I, can case. can you do both? Uh, yeah, sure. I would say so. Like what? Like uh, like appeal, uh, appealing both to Asia and uh, 
And How many? Uh, I, I never knew. Was WoW big in Asia? WoW is huge in Asia. Yeah. Final Fantasy. Um. Yeah. I, I should think so. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think, like, the... essentially, every anything that Riot or Blizzard does is these days, at least, you know, to a to a large degree, aimed at uh, at Asia because you know, that's where a lot of the money, if, especially you know, on on the PC multiplayer, free to play, um, right, side comes from. How is Basti going to justify his allegiance to Xbox Game Pass and Tencent at the same time? Uh, well, you know, at a certain point, I think like just uh, Tencent is going to buy Microsoft one day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or or Tencent, you know, will just will give come it ten years or so with an article tomorrow uh, discussing an exclusive interest in Basti, and uh, and he'll be purchased. Assuming direct control. I, 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 just let me let me just say this: like, if somebody who has any any relation to to Tencent uh, or anybody else who has like a ton of money, I don't care if they're from China or elsewhere, who is interested in acquiring Busty, uh, we're absolutely happy to sell him. True. And it's, let's be honest: like, it's not even going to be that expensive. And as the uh, exclusive purveyor of Marcel's, if anyone's interested in renting this one, um, you can uh, you can hit me up. I, I'm I'm decent ish at Valorant. If that helps, you know, attract interest. Yeah, but he doesn't have the dragon skins, so it's like, do you even want him at this point? Yeah, look, just make him for cool weapons. I'll be right there. That's that's a statement in and of itself. So basically, the moral of this story is maybe don't try to get into a bidding war with Tencent. I mean, like it, it was definitely very interesting. I mean, obviously these things don't happen overnight. Yeah. But to hear uh, in a lot of Western media reported that Sony's interested, and then like a, a couple of days later they announced that they've entered into like an exclusive agreement to only talk uh, about a, you know acquisition by I'm by just... Tencent for a couple of months. It was like quite interesting. I'm just imagining this like body snatchers like situation where the guy like goes into his boss's office. He's like, boss, they. We we bid against Tencent, but they they bought out they bought out the company, and he's like, "Why are you bidding against Tencent, Bobby? We are Tencent." And he like looks around, and everybody's wearing Tencent shirts, and he's like, "No, no." I mean, look, yesterday, like there were some on 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 some parts of the gaming Twitter sphere, there were rumors about uh, Bungie and Microsoft getting back together. So you know, like it, it's it, you know it, it's a crazy fucking year. It's uh, God fucking knows what's gonna happen, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think like it, it would not be too crazy of a prediction. I don't think I have to be Nostradamus to say that um, probably there's a good chance that Tencent will continue to buy uh, stake stakes in you know video game companies going forward. Could be could be true. Occasionally could be true. Uh, bold predictions. Uh, get out of the way, Pac Pac Man. Marcel's got yeah, the like industry. He, he hasn't been he hasn't been that that <laughs> notable recently, has he? He's been purchased by Tencent. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. But yes, it's probably fair to assume that very soon Tencent is going to be owning uh, Basti's beloved Warframe. In addition, of course, you'll never forget that Tencent is is the full owner of uh, League of Legends and Valorant. Oh no. So, you know, like, welcome Basti to my world. But if if they buy all those developers, who's going to come up with the new ideas that they can just hyper-polish and then sell for more money? Blizzard. Yeah. What, what? Segway me, Marcel. Um, just you know, just take us there. Tell us about Satisfactory. Speaking of digital storefronts, 
Um, and Epic. And Epic. Uh, a, a interesting article um, came out on, on Gama Sutra about an, a, analyzing um, analyzing uh, the, the tweeted satisfactory sales numbers. Uh, for, first of all, like um, just because I, I get... There, there used to be a day back when all the games were sold by, by on, on, on physical media where the NPD reigned supreme ish, ish, and you could kind of see uh, what was selling where. Uh, nowadays, you know um, what has always been super awkward about us to me as a German when I read this shit. What? Like NPD, like in Germany, it's the, it's the, uh, like you know, short form of the super right wing nationalist party. So whenever I read anything about it, I'm like. <laughs> Yes, you should trust them. Um, never, never, but, never again. Uh, never again. Not after the incident. But uh, but yeah. So they 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 put out some PC. They, they, I am getting out of the way. Uh, Simon Carlos uh, has written an article on Kama Sutra, kind of kind of doing some some interesting math on on the sales figures that they put out. Um, so Satisfactory has passed over uh, a million units. Have you ever played? Are you even slightly interested in Satisfactory? Because if I can get you to play it, man, that is, we could have fun playing Satisfactory. I'm just saying. Your silence speaks volumes. It may not be really. You know, it's time to branch out. Become become uh, a factory man. I, I will say this i have i have heard very good things about that game uh both from you and on the internet as basti would say yeah and also from from players of my own game that i work on so um yeah nothing nothing but rave reviews and high praise for satisfactory it maybe not a marcel cool. game right now yeah probably not it's, it's pretty cool it's uh it's like a 3d factorio wait wait a... the way you just put that like sounds like it's it's not for me because it's pretty cool implying that i'm uncool so could you please reword that statement uh no it was more like a statement of okay this isn't a a quintuple a first person shooter so marcel's not interested um because valorant is not quintuple because you're, you're a genre dick uh, I thought like they, they, I thought we we call it genre jerk. Is it a dick now? I thought it was a dick now. I, I, it seems like we would put a harder edge on these terms. So, uh, Satisfactory sold over over a million a million uh, three hundred thousand uh, to be slightly more precise. Um, nine hundred thousand, nine hundred fifty-eight thousand of those copies is after fifteen months on the Epic Store. Uh, three hundred sixty-seven thousand is after one month on Steam. Um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting to see the difference in those platforms and how it's kind of, uh, it's another, um, it's another, we need to come up with like an award for this. Like when we do game of the year, like the, uh, the, the modern warfare Two boycott steam page award, uh, for gamers buying shit that they say they never will. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, it's 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 been super interesting to see because I think like we touched upon this like a couple episodes back already when we mm-hmm. talked about EA coming back, mm-hmm. and and you noticed already there that like a, a large percentage of the games in the top ten and Steam at a time were games that had come late to the platform. Yeah. So that definitely there seems to be huge hunger for that, and, and like you know, uh, Titanfall two has been doing extremely well on on Steam. Uh, you know, like to the point where like it has really revived the game's multiplayer scene, which is awesome because that is a fantastic game that deserved more uh, than, you know, success that it's had at launch. There was Satisfactory. What, what else was there, like, in that episode? Like, you mentioned a couple more examples of, of games that suddenly got 
got extremely popular or like you know like that 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 shot sh straight up uh, these steam charts when exactly when uh sea of thieves as you mentioned True um, and, and yeah like here yeah. here one interesting thing like see i'm segueing like a master nice. pirate um here an interesting thing from play tracker yeah that is said uh since the of sea of thieves is a top selling game on steam right now a fun fact about 40% see if thieves owners on steam have played the game before via xbox game pass this is the most impressive double dip, dip figure. Dude, I don't know what. Sorry, my, my apologies. I don't uh, know why I cannot read right now. now. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a tough one here. And this is the most impressive double dip figure we've seen yet. Sea of Thieves has 400,000 owners on Steam. Um, so, yeah, that is, I think, uh, because obviously, you know, that is something that I'm still concerned about. Like, it's, I think, that's something a lot of people are concerned about that we've seen a lot of discussion around in, in the gaming community, you know, how subscriptions are going to, you know, change people's buying behavior and hearing that um 40 of the people who bought the game on steam are people who previously played on xbox game pass um shows a couple of things of course you know it shows that people if there is a game they like they really really like mm -hmm. that they can even if you can play it as a subscription they're still gonna buy it yeah um to be honest you know i bought the master chief collection even though i have game pass i will definitely buy halo infinite even though i have game pass so i understand that notion yeah. um it also shows, and that's going back to what you were just alluding to with Satisfactory, that you know people are happy to buy or spend more money to have something on Steam, even if they can you know play it for much cheaper as a subscription on on the Xbox Game Store. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the, the Microsoft uh, Windows Store, whatever it's called officially. So yeah, that 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 was super interesting. Like that, and and I know it's like something that you've mentioned a couple times already, both on the podcast and and you know in offline. Mm -hmm. conversations that um that for all the bluster from people well you know if it's i will never buy this game if it's not on steam day one um there actually seems to be a sufficiently large audience of people who are super happy to spend money or to double dip uh once stuff comes to steam i mean the, the hard part about this is like is is in my continued stance on internet comments being generally shit but um, i have to admit i recently double dipped what'd you dip, uh, double dip on, on uh i bought hades on steam I should even though get I that own game. it on the on the Epic Game Store, but I, like back then, like I, I bought like for eight dollars or something when they had like those those crazy sales and ten dollar coupons, and like it's yeah. a fantastic game. And so I thought, hey, you know, um, it's on it's on sale right now on Steam, so I bought it again there. And I, I think just the fact, you know, like that I am a a recommending a indie rogue like game should should yeah, for should anybody probably... who knows me should be notable enough as a like maybe that's a very good game yeah i mean those guys have not put out anything bad ever so uh I, I tend to, to agree but um but yeah like like that that is the thing i mean this whole this whole thing of I, first of all this was kind of the weakest one um for for every bit of like boycott you know uh like boycott this game there was there was 10 posts of i'll just buy it when it's on steam um and I like I can totally sympathize with some of that. Like Epic Store launched rough, and it's still missing features that people do care about, even if, even if they're not features that everyone cares about. Um, I don't. Yeah, exactly. So. And I am people. You debatable on on half of those points, but uh, but you know, like so, so <laughs> I mean, like. Like almost like we were just talking about purchasing intent, like almost like, oh, well, you know, you take your time on that other thing where there's not a lot of uh, of jockeying for position and uh, and there's a sense of exclusivity and the game's out. And when you come to my platform, I'll totally give you money. It's like not the not the strongest threat. Um, and it's kind of proving that that's 
that that's the the thing that that some people can do i mean like if you look at a game like satisfactory um you know that's not uh, not a huge house putting that out it's like you get the uh, as as and this is not not me trying to sound smart this is simon um some just paraphrasing what he's saying it's like it's like these guys get they get on they get an offer which you know like uh, like working for devolver or anything like that you're kind of getting picked up so they get an offer from egs um they they get the the guaranteed advances you know on on their development if that's a thing that's huge for any smaller team uh they're picking up that that 88% more uh mortality rate jesus uh royalty rate um and and then like you said you, you know when 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 satisfactory came out like there was what 30 40 games on the store like on the fucking store and they were they were giving shit away uh left and right it, it, not to mention getting put in front of a a, a huge audience of Fortnite players because i remember they talked about that like the amount of Fortnite players that have a steam account is like there's a big enough market to sell your game successfully to that group alone right um sure and uh, and i have to say that um like uh, you know, that uh, when when Epic does sales, yeah. Like oh, they they, they, been, been they also good. you know they also they're willing to promote games yeah. you know that are maybe not the. So uh, I have to say, like the last time they had a sale, I was very very pleased to uh, see yeah. that uh, the game I work on was you know like uh, uh, in the in the first you know row of games that they recommended. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's you know that's that's nice to see. And I'll, I'll tell you what, they're 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 doing good enough at those sales, and that that's the silver bullet. Like if you're trying to bring down Steam, like that's the one that everybody cares about. People can talk about fucking user reviews and comments and forums and uh, and mod support till the fucking cows come home. But the real thing, if you want to compete with Steam, it's having that kind of library and those those deep deep fucking sales. That's what that's what makes that thing uh the magic that it is you know for for first time pc gamers your first steam sale is 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 like a fucking candy store dude like i i spent i think i spent 60 bucks on my first steam sale and walked out with every bit of 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 that amount of games like it was it was 20 30 40 games like i i mean uh, grant that i was buying old shit and kind of like converting my library but like you get some some cheap stuff but i mean they're saying you do all this stuff on the epic game store you do all of that and then you come by and uh and pick up a huge chunk on steam later on where epic has already done the work in making you a recognizable name you know they've already done it for you in terms of helping you out with your development and putting you uh in front of a huge audience for for free you know and now you're using your own brand recognition to get yourself a central space on Steam. That that front page on Steam is coveted. I mean, that's that's how many millions yes. millions of players seeing you for the first time when they log in, and you're doing that directly because of Epic. Like it is, I think on this on this podcast we talked about a lot of the ways that indie devs are getting smart about how they put themselves out. You know, and it's not just like I put this shit on itch anymore. I I, I put it on Steam. And hoped for the best. I mean, like these guys are are gonna find a way to to reach a better audience and get a better deal. And this is one of the ways where they really kind of kind of follow through on that. It's it's really interesting for me to to follow up on stuff like that. Honestly, you know, at, at this point, it feels to me like it's a win win for everybody involved. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if, 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 if you're really if you want to be that early adopter. You go to Epic, you know, Epic slowly but surely grows their audience. You know, the yep. devs, as you mentioned, like they get a lot of financial security from Epic. Um, as it comes to Steam later, like you get a second wind into your audience, you know, injected into your community, your audience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we see, like there's still big sales, you know, so like Epic, uh, sorry, so, so Valve cannot complain either. 
like it really feels like you know it's it's a this is a a a at this point proven strategy that that can benefit all participants in that ecosystem absolutely at least I, from my from my perspective yeah i i i think uh well i mean the the losers there are the people that are you know fanboying out as you as you do i mean i brand loyalty is one thing um but uh, at the end of the day as a consumer you should probably go where the deal is the best um follow the games and and get yours and that does not include the idea of of being loyal all the time um I mean, as as we know fanboys are the fucking weirdest people anyways true also do you think do you, should i should i buy this action figure of iron man that was designed by tetsuya nomura yes Oh, I like I, I I yeah I enjoy um, most of the stupid purchases you do because I haven't done them. I'm not sure if that's a ring endorsement, and I'm not sure if if it's like supposed to be a ring endorsement either. No, it was totally a compliment. Okay, you're not very good at complimenting, are you? I mean, he looks like fucking some Zone of the Enders shit. There, I, I've talked you out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so essentially, what what you're saying is that in the future we can look forward, and the audience can look forward to hearing your impressions as you play Satisfactory. Um, I might I might dip back into it. I played it a bit, but like uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure that I'll be in the the uh, state of mind to to play something organizational. Like I I really enjoy that when I'm not doing a ton of that when I'm working. But like like having to organize a bunch of shit at work and then be like, how can I optimize my factory? Is like, oh god, I'm doing this all over again. Especially because I treat the people I work with as the same kind of faceless products and uh, and um, you know just soulless tools that help me in those games. So like it's it's hard to differentiate sometimes. Solid solid strategy sounds very humane. I like it. Yeah, love it. It's great. It's top top of the class. So yes, yes sir. So yeah, uh, we will uh, definitely. I'm sure like it's gonna be a a topic that we get back to in the future as more of the you know games that were exclusively launching on Epic. You know that exclusivity runs out. They come to, uh, they come to Steam. It's also gonna be very interesting to see. I think like you know it's just this week uh, Death Stranding came to PC. Uh, very soon Horizon Zero Dawn is gonna be on PC. I, I think it's gonna be very interesting to see also there. You know the the hunger that audience has. I mean Persona 4 Golden. Came Shit. out late June, has already I think like half a million sales at least on Steam. That one deserved it. I mean, because if you wanted to play Golden so, before, it was on a fucking PSP or emulation, so it's like, it's so yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, definitely a topic that we're gonna come back to, sure. and uh, and also of course the same thing you know to see how uh, the, the long term effect of something subscriptions like Xbox Game Pass how that's gonna affect sales. But so far, actually, it seems you know as if um as if you have a good game that people like you know it actually can really help your sales yeah. if people can play it for super cheaper initially do you so um do you share jeff gersman's excitement for uh for the pc death stranding release just because it will allow people that use source filmmaker to get a high-res model of conan o'brien uh, <laughs> no and specifically not for that reason <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, at least I'm hearing that like it's supposedly it's a very good PC port, like it has fantastic performance, looks really good. Yeah, I mean, so, I, you know, people... you know, maybe and you know, maybe now with 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 Steam and like the refund with not Steam, maybe this is my chance to to try Death Stranding and see if I like it. Maybe. Yeah, two no, two. It's not. That's not the kind of game that two hours is enough to 
tell you what it does. It should be like, you know, like, like I was playing, like when I finished what the golf earlier this year, like I really like, they have a mode called show your friends where it is just like a, a sampling of a lot of the stuff that doesn't have the normal ramp up. Cause like death stranding ain't, ain't much shit until you're in like chapter three and you open up the whole build your infrastructure thing. That's where a lot of the fun is um, for me at least. So I'm not sure. I mean, fuck two hours. You're pretty much, let's see, you've almost finished the opening cinematic at that time. I mean, to be fair, when I tried to play Metal Gear 3, um, right after the open cinematic is when I couldn't take the game anymore because it was too stupid and I stopped playing. So <laughs> maybe that's enough. Well, you know, you're maybe you're just not into the la le I don't know what exactly that is. The Patriots are coming for you. Uh, Let me tell you about Les Enfants Terribles. I thought like the Alphonse Terrible was in this episode last week pretending to pretending to be the security head of, of Remedy. That is a Enfant Terrible, that's for sure. Oui, c'est vrai. So, um, well, I'm glad uh, to be back, uh, to have a chance to talk to you, you know, with, with everybody still working remotely from home. I don't get to hear your lovely dulcet tones nearly enough these days. True. Um, and that is also a subtweet at your fucking inability to ever play any video games cooperatively with me ever again, ever. Uh, Monster um, Hunter. Out so, now. Uh, any, any, you know, last comments on today's episode, Rich, before we wrap this up, so uh, you can go back to playing games with strangers instead of me. Subtweet. Uh, is this? I can't tell if like last comments is comments or last comments is like where I plug all my stuff. Uh, why not both? Okay, last comments. Um, yeah, you know, little. Little fireside chat. It was nice. Glad to have you back. Uh, hope you enjoyed. You. Uh, hope you enjoyed the time away, and hope that uh, modern life isn't eroding your soul too much. Um, and we'll keep this train rolling. Uh, yeah. Uh, as usual. Um, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I love to hear your tweets at ten cent please Marcel. Um, I will fucking sell him to you. Okay. Uh, organs, dates. Doesn't fucking matter to me, Tencent. You just slide one of those fucking anonymous bags of cash on there and I'll have them on your goddamn Chinese doorstep so fucking fast. You don't even know what happened. He can do karaoke. He can fucking cook. You're just gonna he be can fun. do karaoke, that's true, but like also I may need some of my organs still going forward. No, they're all for fucking sale. Everything's for sale. At Tencent, Marcel, please. Um, you just hit me up. All right, I'll, I'll fucking put them in a goddamn wooden crate and have them to you in the morning, I swear to God. Well... That was a bit too enthusiastic to get rid of me, I feel like. Oh. Okay, but yeah, thanks thanks for putting me out on the market. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, it's it's good to be considered valuable to the economy of some foreign country. Tencent, I swear to God, you can do stuff to them. They'll call it Xbox Shame Pass by the time you're done with them. You can do whatever you fucking want. Dude. So yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, you know, it was our 51st episode. Uh, it's been a year. We just passed 4,000 downloads. So what? We're excited to keep doing this shit. Um, at least we'll pretend to be excited to keep doing this while we're live on the air. True. We're excited and, for uh, you. We will, we will continue be pretending to be excited for you next week. So please tune in. Then, hey. if you have any thoughts in the meantime, um, you know, always feel free to send us an email to projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, also tweet to us at Plungecast, Plungecast, Plungecast. Um, if you want to talk to me in person, you can also do so on Twitter at com underscore Raven. And uh, I think really that's it because I don't have anything hey. else to add. Hey, yeah, Richard. Marcel. Yeah. 
Let's sure. just say, yeah, what, what you theoretically, after I fucking sell you uh, part by part and have my my ten cent money, how much do you think it, a Todd Howard goes for on the black market? Dude, like I would like spend, I would I would I would spend the the uh, the gross income of several small countries on a Todd Howard. Would you buy a Todd Howard that was designed by Tetsuo Nomura? That look like it would like probably a lot of belts and a leather jacket, I assume, right? <laughs> just a giant Gundam leather jacket. <laughs>